Sometimes you might need a pick-me-up, a push in the right direction, some words that help put you back on track. This is the Learn, Develop, Live podcast with your motivational moments. Good morning and welcome to the motivational moment from the Learn, Develop, Live podcast. My name is still Chris Jags and I've got another moment of motivation for you. Another little booster to help keep your week moving, help you keep chasing your goals and smashing them to pieces. All good. In this episode, we have Clark Kegley explain to us the three main lessons and what they are from reading over 369 self-improvement books so you don't have to. It's an interesting insight into what some of the biggest thought leaders have and could confirm some of the things that you've already been thinking and maybe you've even started doing yourself. Here is Mr. K. Oh, oh. <laughs> All right, nothing broke. We're good. I read over 369 self-improvement books and they all pretty much say the same three things. I'll give you the three lessons in this video. Big idea number one. On the first day of class, a photography professor divided his students into two groups. The left side of the class was the quantity group. They would be graded at the end of the semester on how many photos they took. 90 would be an A, 80 would be a B, 70 would be a C. You Get the rest. The right side of the class was the quality group. They were going to be graded on one singular photo. It had to be near perfect because that was the only image they were grading off of. Where are you putting your money? The quantity or the quality group? The results shocked him. See, almost all the standout best photos that you'd want to look at didn't come from the quality group, they came from the quantity group. Because instead of all the pressure of, ah, I'm graded on one photo, they spent their time in the dark room, getting angles, composition on Lightroom, which gave them more skills and produced better results. It's easy to get bogged down and waiting for things to be perfect before you take action to improve yourself, before you start the business, before you enter the relationship. See, I just gotta prepare a little bit more, and then I'll finally be ready. This study sums up perfectly the big idea of stop waiting. In this case, stop waiting for things to be perfect. As Voltaire says, the best is the enemy of good. And I'm all for having high standards. But what you'll hear time and time and time again is that your ability to reach your standards actually comes through action, not just waiting and prepping on the sideline. When I started on YouTube, had I worried about making the perfect video and saying everything right and perfect execution, I wouldn't have posted half the videos I did. Sub point A is stop waiting for the perfect moment to get started and just go for it. Subpoint B on this main truth in the books. Phil Stutz, who wrote the book, The Tools, which would take me 30 minutes to find for you. He's a therapist who works in Hollywood with some A-list clients. A trend he notices is that people are waiting for what he calls exoneration. Now that's a term that gets used if you commit a crime and then you're proven innocent. The burden has been lifted off of you and you're finally free. In the context of life, it goes much deeper. People want to be exonerated from life's struggles. Clark, when's the moment where I read enough and I'm finally enlightened? When can I read enough business books and then I finally know the perfect path to make a million dollars? Human nature. In fact, that belief is even embedded in our society. Most people work jobs for 40 years that they're just okay with in the hopes of being exonerated one day they can sit back on the beach. I'm retired, baby. 
I no longer have to work and now I can live the good life. Look at me. Retirement. Get educated for 20 years, work for 40 so you can finally start enjoying the last 20. See the narrative? On a much more macro level, most of the books say that life's struggles don't go away and that actually the resistance of the struggle creates the struggle more. If you read any books on stoicism, there's actually a word for this. It's called eudaimonia, where they didn't believe in the word of happiness. That just wasn't something they used. Happiness? What do you mean? They thought that eudaimonia meant fulfillment. And that comes through hard work, sweat equity, struggling, and working for things. Happiness comes from solving your problems, not avoiding them. Martin P. Seligman is one of Martin Seligman is one of my heroes in the positive psychology space. One of the pioneers, a trailblazer. I gotta tell you about his famous study with dogs. In 1967, he did a research study. Three groups of dogs, each of them the exact same experiment. Group one could push the lever and escape. Groups two and three got a little dark. Group number two of these dogs would receive shocks and if they pushed the lever, they could escape. However, group number three, same exact shocks, pushing the lever did nothing. They couldn't escape the shocks. And before you think WTF Clark, this puppy shocking asshole is your hero, it was the 60s, times were wild. Here's where this gets interesting. Part two of this study, same dog, same shock, same lever. Group three, even though they had the same setup, they could push the lever, escape and end the shocks. Hey, did you hear? You can escape. Because of their conditioning from that first experiment where they pushed it and nothing happened, they didn't even try. Since they previously had learned that nothing they did mattered, they quite literally rolled over and took it. The term from the study is coined learned helplessness meaning that we get conditioned into believing that nothing we do will matter. Now, we're not dogs, but you can apply this to human behavior as well. A smoker who repeatedly tries to quit smoking and fails, ugh, what's the point, I'm just gonna quit again. An entrepreneur, an artist who tries to take themselves full time and make a living, beaten down and discouraged, eventually they quit. Or relationship after relationship, heartbreak after heartbreak, that doesn't work out and all you're left with are the memories and the pain. And maybe the dog if you're lucky. The more life shocks you with shit, the easier we fall into category number three. What's the point? Why bother? Psychologists say that if you wanna become instantly depressed, operate from learned helplessness. Cause nothing to do matters anyway, right? There's a lack of control, a lack of hope. So what's the opposite of learned helplessness? Instead of a lack of hope, no point whatsoever, big idea number two, you develop self-reliance. And that's literally what self-improvement is. So no wonder all the books are saying this. Relying on yourself, improving yourself, getting up from those shocks with tenacity, with grit, and taking your power back. Some try to illustrate the power of self-reliance through Instagram quotes and uh, platitudes and motivational speeches. I'm more of a fan of success stories. People who say, the shocks, I'm gonna get up and do something about it. I just so happen to know one, Let's give him a call. What is that, monster number seven? Uh, it, it's a, it's, yeah, probably. Remember that one time you uh, dragged me out to meet Post Malone? Because I was too nervous? You should have tackled him. I should have tackled him. Eric is in the band with me. I've known him for six years. We've played shows in Germany together, 30,000 people, gone all around the world. It's the coolest thing we do. He's got a really inspiring story about like what happens when you decide to just stop settling and reinvent yourself. What was kind of like the low point of it? Stuff on the road, you know, you can do whatever you want. I was doing a ton of drugs, basically trying to top every night, every night. No care in the world, the worst credit score, you know, just 
living horribly. I think a lot of people didn't didn't trust me, didn't trust what I was going to do, I should say. Even close friends to where sometimes I just didn't get invited places. And they would tell me, I mean, uh, you know, sorry, but we just couldn't. We didn't know what you were going to do. So that sucks. Where are you now? Like, briefly describe your life or how much better it's gotten since you made the decision to give up drinking or to really change everything in your life. Um, I would have a lot of people say, man, if you would just quit drinking, you could be doing all these amazing things, you know? Me and my lady, we were passing by a liquor store. I was so tempted just to tell her to pull in. That was the moment when I really knew. I was like, okay, it. I'm not doing this anymore. I just quit cold turkey. But I did go about 95% blind for a couple of days. Again, I was advised pretty harshly not to do that. I had $3 in my pocket and I took that $3 and I put it in a jar. I literally have that three dollars in that jar in my truck right now and i've never been broke since then now you have a house that's under your name you you're in the bands you're crushing it there you have your another band you have a healthy relationship you got your health back you have a lot of what people when they think of like oh man if i could turn my life around if i could have a good life it looked like this like you got a lot of those things i got addicted to doing better you know and uh, i don't know if it's healthy to hold other people to the standard, but I think it's very healthy to hold yourself to it. You know, how you do anything is how you do everything. You're the type of person that you're walking in from your mailbox and you have trash on the ground and, and, and you're able to go through that mindset of, oh, I'll get it later or someone else will pick that up. I think it's very telling about your all your behavior in your life. Well, it's almost swapping addictions. It takes the same amount of energy, but when you re-channel and refocus that energy towards something that's constructive, not destructive, it's not like it takes more work. You actually find yourself left with more energy. It takes less energy. Now I have friends that I've only met in this mode, so they have no idea. And they're just like, man, you know, your work ethic is so, it's so crazy. What's your advice to someone who wants to reinvent themselves? Here would be my direct advice. Don't, don't live on the fence in any way, shape or form. If you're living on the fence, a, you're miserable. B, you're making everyone else miserable because you're dragging them through your story. Me hearing something very similar to this was so inspiring because I felt like once I just started doing it, just like picking up that piece of trash as you walk by, you know, just like once you start doing it, it starts to become habit. Be prepared to, to realize that most of your mindset is wrong. I have been humbled and have continually humbled on a daily basis at how much I don't know. I tell you, I've never been happier in my life. My relationship of 12 years has never been better. And, I, and I've been saying that for years now. It's nice to be trusted. It's nice to be counted on. People don't look back when they ask me to do something. They know it's gonna be done. We only get to do this once. I say charge it. The final point is a little different. In my early 20s, I thought self-improvement was about achievement. Now in my 30s, I realized a lot of that's ego-based. It doesn't necessarily make you feel different when you get more things. When you go deeper, a lot of the self-improvement is good, but it's half of it. The other half is self-healing. These are two different things. So one of the trends I picked up in several books, more Eastern ones, this is the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness has two folds. The first is forgiving of others. Growing up, my dad and I didn't have the closest relationship. Part of me wanted to resent him from it. So one day I realized, even though I didn't have the best relationship with someone for 20 years, do I want that affecting the next 40 years? The answer was no. People change, people grow, people evolve, people are all on their own journey. Flash forward now, we have a great relationship. It's never been stronger. In order to have that relationship, you have to forgive and move on from what happened in the past. Forgiveness is a huge trend that any book worth its weight in gold will tell you how to do. I believe it's the Buddha has a quote something along the lines of holding on to bitterness and resentment is like drinking rat poison and hoping that the other person dies. I realized that holding on to bitterness around other people or what they should or shouldn't have done, they wronged me, 
maybe you have an ex and you still have some resentment there, it doesn't hurt them at all, it hurts you. Finding ways to shed this off and let go has so much more of a freedom to it. But forgiveness has another side as well, probably a bigger one that affects you more day to day, and that is forgiving yourself. Let me explain this to you in a more visual way. Looks a little messy, but it'll have to do. This is reused from another video. I was too lazy to draw this up again. If you just rank ordered all the given emotions you could feel on the human spectrum, it'd be pretty intuitive where they land. You'd have things at the very bottom, the worst feelings in the world are shame, fear, guilt, other people have things I don't, envy, anger, then you'd start to move up into pride, fear, eventually coming into courage and willingness. Finally, some of the good ones are love, peace, freedom, aliveness, joy. When people talk about raising your vibe, this is what they mean, going from lower emotions into higher ones. Where am I going with this and how does this tie into forgiveness? Where does resentment, anger, fear, hate fall into? In this category right here. I find that a lot of times people who need to forgive themselves are holding on to a lot of the stories and self-judgments about what they did or didn't do in their past. And so by doing that, that's bringing you in a state that's literally lowering your vibe. My point is that making peace with yourself in some way actually raises your vibe. There's a saying, what you resist persists. So the areas and the places you don't want to go deep down within yourself are probably the places you're going to get the most growth from. Psychologists will say that most people, this is uncomfortable because now you're actually telling me to work. I thought these books were just feel good, all fluff. I don't actually want to work and do some introspection. Yeah, just give me the next tactic or productivity advice. And they wonder why they're saying the same thing and hearing the same message over and over and feeling stuck. That's a sign you need to do some of this. And so forgiveness is a two-way street. It's forgiveness of others, and it's also forgiveness of yourself. To the degree you're able to let go is the degree you're able to let in the things you actually want. And any self-improvement book that's worth its weight in gold will also emphasize the self-healing that is involved in the process. That video can be found on YouTube and is called I Read 300 Self-Improvement Books to Learn These Free Lessons. And it's published by the Clark Kegley YouTube channel. Now, before you head off, if you do get inspired by the LDL podcast in any kind of way, would you mind dropping a review and rate the podcast? Your words help me map together how this should sound, what the message should be, and if it's actually good for you. So your listening and of course what you do and what you don't like always do help. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify or anywhere else that lets you share your views, your thoughts and opinions, why not drop that review? Every review submitted does get mentioned. That would be incredible. That is everything for me today. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll be back tomorrow with more, and I'll see you in the next one. Motivating your ears. Inspiring your mind. One day at a time. This, this. is the Learn, Develop, Live podcast. Thanks for listening. You can find more motivational moments at LearnDevelopLive.com. And we'll be back to inspire you again tomorrow.